0: You're listening to a 95BFM podcast.
1: Anti-Semitism has reared its ugly head with Kanye West's recent comments. However, the prejudice is centuries old and is often cloaked in dog whistles. I spoke to Victoria University of Wellington's religious studies professor about anti-Semitism's history and what to look out for. What are some of the key traits or signs of anti-Semitism?
0: The word itself is a, a very modern word, which dates from the uh, late 1870s, from Wilhelm Marr, and it was about single, you know, single uh, issue politics, and it was designed uh, to mean anti-Jewish, and it was to stop. Um, the recently enacted Jewish emancipation, which gave Jews civil rights and the right to vote. And so anti-Semitism is a very new idea. It's got nothing to do with Semites or Semitism. It was just anti-Jewish focus that began in Germany and in Central Europe. And it was about emancipation. It was about a new status for Jews that were sought to be undone. But it drew on a much older history um, and to the contrast which is often called uh, Christian anti-Judaism as opposed to anti-Semitism and uh, is uh, largely legacy um, of a a particular sort of uh, what I call mythological or conspiratorial prejudicial hatred and so it's not just xenophobia, it's not just fear of uh, others Um, it specifically uh, has demonic elements as the New Testament has your children of your father the devil and so it's a history of uh, demonizing, dehumanizing of uh, communities of Jews and and uh, attributing the, to them demonic powers, um, supernatural powers, but also accusing them of being poisoners of wells, killers of Christian children. That's the blood libel. Those are the kind of uh, historical uh, issues. The, the origins are largely to do with something that technically called is called supersessionism, which is essentially that uh, the new Christian church, the new Israel, the new community came to replace the old... Israel, um, which was the Jews, and God withdrew his blessings and protection from the Jews, and he passed on all the good stuff to the new Christian community. And so the the Jews were associated with deicide, they were killers of God, they were in some way held to be culpable for Jesus' death, and through the New Testament, and particularly through the church fathers, um, many of whom are saints of the church, um, um, they propounded this mythological othering, this anti-Judaism, and the spread of Christianity, of course, spread these uh, the, this vital for Christian, this essential uh, legendary mythological uh, element. And so Jews were moved on. As uh, I said, they were marginalised, and uh, this led to Christian legends like the Wandering Jew. And so, um, its uh, it, its legacy is still with us. Things have changed, of course, since the, the Holocaust, which is intimately related to this, uh, both the histories of Christian um, anti-Judaism and of political and racial and pseudo-scientific uh, anti-Semitism. Um, But the legacy is deep and part of the the prejudicial history of the West, a history of, I don't know, crusades, exiles, expulsions, pogroms, choices of conversion or death, uh, and something which was incredibly persistent. It it, uh, persisted the Catholic Church, found its way into Protestantism, and um, it uh, is still... Uh, a legacy i mean a legacy that needs to be revived and drawn on um, by uh, individuals and communities in the contemporary world but one that certainly um, is still evident Why do you think
1: such, as you were talking about, legacies persist?
0: Partly it's just the the absolute domination of the Christian cultural history of the West. I mean, it it is an integral part of our cultural legacy. So in that sense, I mean, it's built into literature, it's built into music, it's built into folk festivals, to folk tales, um, lullabies, our our literary and cultural history, our legal history. And so it's, uh, I mean, it's just an, an integral part of that history. Why it's revived is a really interesting question. I think part of the power of that legacy is it blinds us to it. It's been normalized for for nearly two millennia. And so in that sense, um, we we don't notice it. It's, it's just part and parcel of our uh, the the tropes of our cultures, and so uh, anti-Semitism, anti-Semitic tropes and images. I mean, are built into the legacy of the West. But it does seem the to be. particularly tied to times of crisis and a crisis of uh, economic and other crises. And so most recently, the the pandemic, for argument's sake, has seen a rise in uh, anti-Semitism, associating uh, Jews with vaccines and with uh, plots and conspiracies tied to the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, economic and other pressures. Thank <sighs> you also lead Jews to be highlighted uh, in the the kind of uh, mythological tropes of the supernatural enemy. So both on the political right and left, the extreme right and the the radical left, the radical right, the radical left, we call them that, both subscribe to greatly inflated Jewish powers, control over media, control over banking. The right think uh, Shorosh and Rothschild are behind, Antifa uh, the left think that Jews are the exemplars of colonial white privilege. Uh, and so it's a very protean thing. Um, and it, it offers uh, very cheap and thin explanation for very complex issues. Blame the Jews.
1: Earlier on, you talked about, you know, a mythical idea of of Jews who were controlling world events. The kind of modern modern equivalent of that is what you just talked about now, how Jews are controlling banking and the media and they're using it for their own purposes type thing.
0: That's the claim, yes. I mean, it's patently false. I mean, I mean it's, it's, sorry, you said it as if it, it wasn't just a, it, it, this is held to be the case, but I mean, it clearly isn't.
1: What we're seeing today is like a modern equivalent of what Christians believed sort of two millennia ago.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I, I think a bit less than two millennia ago, but yeah, over the last nearly two millennia. Yes, certainly the Jews play this pivotal role in global history and that they are the source of all evil. They are you know, tied and tinged with uh, the with demonic and dark forces. And so things associated with Jews are often kind of blown out of proportion. And so um, they they become uh, held to be playing these uh, huge and dominating roles in these large conspiracy theories.
1: A recent example is Kanye West's very open anti-Semitic rhetoric and outbursts, but often anti-Semitism is couched in dog whistles. Like, what kind of dog whistles does one normally see?
0: Yeah, the the Kenya West thing is is interesting only because, um, I mean, it's almost unintelligible, uh, I don't know, going death con three or whatever he said on on the Jewish people. Uh, He also said, I watched the video clip, um, that that, uh, he couldn't, he wasn't, he said, I'm not anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew also. And so it was very unclear uh, what he was saying. I want to retreat from the view that, I mean, most of the reportage I was looking at yesterday about Kanye West, in preparation for this, um, was um, the I'm not a Kanye West knower of his music or a fan, so I had to look it up. But um, he, most of the comment is that he's bipolar or he's he's mad or you know he's got um, uh, um, mental issues, uh, mental health issues, etc. Um, I, I, I think that's kind of beside the point that this gets such coverage um, is very very significant and already there are, there were posters on the 101 in Los Angeles that, you know, um, Kanye's right about the Jews um, that were put there by uh, some uh, uh, far-right neo-Nazi group and so um, it does have impact and so it should be taken. But you asked about the, the dog whistles. You know, um, the, the issue about dog whistling is that, I mean, racism is, is generally not acceptable and paradox it's not even acceptable in some of the in more right-wing gap in terms of other, and other platforms and so there, there develops a kind of code to deal with anti-semitism you never say someone is Jewish you just use these double bracket marks around a name uh, which indicates that someone is Jewish um, there are uh, limits to to um, the, the mention of Jews, they, so things are signaled um, in particular contexts with words like globalists, there are codes um, for uh, referring to particular Jews and Jewish practices, and so um, this makes it somewhat more difficult to, um, because social media plays a, a huge role in the dissemination of these anti-Semitic tropes and anti-Semitic um, positions. Uh, they, I don't think they are that complicated, but they, they often are less evident. Uh, and so they, they, these less, uh, these uh, hidden ways of dealing with things, I mean, seem to fool the bots as so much of this material um, gets through. The and, and you do get things like in the far-right manifestos, the ident- identitarian manifestos that um, white European culture is being under- Undermined, And uh, the, the agents there are often not mentioned, um, but are Jewish merchants who are fostering non-European, non-white immigration uh, in a very deliberate and evident way. So, yeah, there is a, a clandestine uh, signaling that is going on
1: with regards to the Pittsburgh sh- synagogue shooting, he openly said Jews are bringing in non-migrants and so then I have to go and shoot up a synagogue type thing and so it's it may have even gone past the dog whistle stage to so even saying Jews and so, well, he didn't say specifically Jews but I think he talked about an organisation He um, talked
0: about HIAS, the Hebrew I- Immigrant Aid Society, which is a kind of uh, NGO, it's a charity for, my, for, a, for Jewish immigrants to the United States and other places. No, I mean, yeah, it wasn't misguided but but I think that's the the point that it's not that things are acted on I mean dog whistles are e- exactly that they're heard by those who are potentially going to be activated by this and I mean, that's their danger. I mean, that's the image of the dog whistle, I think. And so, but you're absolutely right in, in that case and in the San Diego shooting, they're very evident cases. And in the, the kind of manifestos of Brevik and our Christchurch shooter, this, uh, these uh, notions of, uh, of deliberately uh, undermining European and white races through migration and this being a Jewish plot conspiracy are very evident.
1: Do you think Wes's outburst will give an excuse for people to say, oh, if someone so high profile like him can be anti-semitic, is it fine for me?
0: certainly very high-profile figures um, such as, as Yale do have exactly that impact. And as I said, there are already people putting banners on, on uh, you know, Southern California motorways. But they're, they're, yes, I mean, it kind of normalizes and mainstreams prejudice and uh, religious and racial prejudice, um, and in that way authorizes and legitimates it. So yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. That, that's a long way around to say yes.
1: What are some of the steps that people can do to combat anti-Semitism?
0: Clearly an ongoing issue um, about social media platforms and I think that's really important that there are beginning to be ways of thinking about that or there's pressure on companies who run the platforms to be, to act more directly. But it's quite clear that when a recent study done in New Zealand that where anti-Semitism was found, I mean, it's mostly the highest two were on Facebook and, and YouTube, which are a very mainstream platform. So there's clearly much more work to be done there. Uh, a second dimension is in relation to education, um, that we need education about different forms of religious and racial prejudice and uh, how they're often, uh, they intersect with each other and they're still very evident. We also need to be very aware of the, the, as I was saying, this kind of legacy um, that's so deeply embedded, um, and to not make special cases of particular groups, to not see particular communities as responsible for um, every every negative thing that we might be facing. So I I think education, I think uh, a degree of greater awareness of uh, social media and the impacts that it has. Um, And generally, Generally, talking about it is a really good thing.
1: That was Victoria University of Wellington Emeritus Professor of Religious Studies Paul Morris talking about anti-semitism.
0: That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95bfm.com slash bcasts.